Welcome to the CobraCast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratch, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. All right, welcome to the Cobracast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Preslo, and got my co-host, Ricky Etdog VP Etridge. Uh, welcome to the show, and mate. 96 episode 96 we're almost there i'm glad you worked out what we're up to i'm like it's just 96 or 97 it's almost there mate and it's incredible to think that uh, we only recorded this last week <laughs> yeah yeah mate it's, uh, it was two uh, weeks ago sorry was two, two weeks, weeks two weeks yeah. yeah it's it's been a busy time uh mate but we uh we're getting close we, we're almost hitting that 100 and then we're we're going to take a well-deserved break that's yeah, That's it's sure. going to be enjoyable, mate. We've got, um, I'd said to you the other week that we've already got Matty Gale and Jakey Norris lined up. And I did say I was going to try and get Jamie Townend uh, from West Lothian lined up. He's lined up, mate, ready to go. Just got to organise time. So we're going to have the first ever guest of the Cobra Cast and the Bear Trap on. The first ever international guest of the Cobra Cast, which is our West Lothian's president, Jamie Townend, on. And we're going to have the Cobra Cast number one fan, Jakey Burrow Norris and uh, Matty Gale from Osaka Dingoes, just because I feel like um, I should get him on. He's a, you know, he does run the AFL Asia um, Facebook page and has his own podcast. So, you know, I want to really want to get him on and just have a chat with him. And he's going to join Jake at the same time. So, why not get them both on? Yeah, nice. And uh, they're in one of the places that did get to play some footy. And speaking of that, well. mate, when uh, we get Jakey on, mate, as speaking today, as we speak right now, there is the Hanoi uh, AFL X, AFL 9's grand final going on. So uh, we'll get the full recap from Jakey when he jumps on how that went. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, mate. And um, while I'm on that, I'm pretty sure that our, our friends down at the uh, University Cougars um, actually as we speak right now, would be playing their s- prelim finals about the granny across in Crosschurch. Yeah, nice. So I'm trying, there's unfortunately nothing's come up about if they've, uh, what the go is, if they've won it. Looking at the time, I reckon the game should be done and dusted. Yeah, maybe it's uh, too busy celebrating to post the scores. I think it also comes down to the f- fact that uh, it's pretty hard to, well, yeah, you win or lose, you're not going to really be posting, are you? You're going to be either going hard celebrating or going hard commiserating. Yeah. But, mate, where are we off to today? Right, we're, we're off to Scotland. We're going to chat with uh, Kirsty and Michael from the Glasgow Giants, um, one, of, one of the other Scottish teams. And this time it's a team that's actually in Scotland that plays in the yeah. Scottish League as, as opposed to... Time tease, but That's it. Um, we did we did ask them if they uh, could confirm or deny whether Colum, who claimed himself as a, the best ruckman in the league, uh, if they could, and they couldn't quite remember. But yeah, this actually brings me back to a uh, Jamie Town, and when I managed to team up, he listened back to the, uh, the episode of the Time Tease Tigers, and he was. Uh, did, did mention that he feels like Colin might have been speaking out of school a little bit and claiming some stuff that may not be true. And he actually messaged me, not about coming on the 100th episode, but to come on to have a bit of a rebuttal to uh, Colin's outrageous claims, as he calls them. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, and I, I did say to him, I'm like, he was trying to be really diplomatic with the answer, but we weren't having none of that shit. <laughs> no, no. We, we, diplomacy is not, 
not our. Yeah. You know, it's not, we don't want it. Yeah. But mate, we are going to Scotland, and I've jumped on, and you've sort of given me the weird look about why I've thrown the Melbourne Victory jersey on, mate. Yeah. Yep. You know how much I love my Melbourne Victory. As this episode comes out, there's every possibility that Melbourne Victory are going to be in the semi or the quarterfinals of the Asian Champions League, coached by none other than the Scottish's greatest export, Grant Brebner. So there's another sort of tie in. Melbourne Victory got a very, very strong uh, Scottish uh, heritage. I don't know how that really works, but they do. But I just thought I'd just, I've been wanting to pull it out. And uh, because the soccer season's back, mate. I've got a podcast recommendation for you. Oh, yeah. Possibly my favourite podcast, for fuck's sake. It's a Melbourne Victory fan podcast. It's an absolute ripper. So I think I'm talking about the Vuck. Might as well give them a plug. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure you did uh, give them a recommendation early days. Fuck. They've got two now. Yeah, so they've gone They've gone twice now. Ah, well, I've got, I've got another one while we're on that. Um, our friend of the corporate cast, Coach Donnie from uh, Des Moines Roosters and... Also, uh, jumps on the fourth long podcast, which we've been a part of. He started his own podcast um, as a sub branch to the fourth and long called Donny Disposals, where he's catching up and speaking to uh, a non Australian born supporter of each club in the AFL. So I think he done a Geelong supporter that was born in Texas. So he's getting a nice perspective of um, how a person from outside of Australia comes to follow that club that they follow and all the history about all that type of stuff. So I think that's a pretty uh, pretty cool podcast. Yeah, nice. We'll uh, look out for that one. And uh, all right, mate, let's get into this one. We're chatting with uh, Kirsty and Michael from the Glasgow Giants. And we'll see you uh, for episode 97 on Wednesday with uh, Footy Jumpers. <laughs> let's leave it at that. That sounded very, very strange. <laughs> All right, today we'd like to welcome Michael and Kirsty from the Glasgow Giants. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Um, so we're, we're slowly getting our way around all of Scotland, and we just spoke to. Um... <laughs> Jesus, you're having a rip of night tonight, aren't you? <laughs> the Tigers, who actually play in your league. Tyne uh, um, Tees. Tigers. Um, <laughs> But uh, one thing we always ask everyone that, that comes on is how you came across Aussie rules in the first place. And uh, ladies first, Kirsty, how, how did you come across Aussie rules? Um, well, I first found out about Aussie rules when I was in Dublin. Um, I've been over, my, my other sport I play is uh, Shinty, which is a, a Scottish version of hockey. And we'd gone over to, to Dublin to watch the um, compromised rules between Shinty and Hurling. And then there was a game on afterwards, which was Gaelic football versus Australian reels. And um, that kind of caught my, caught my attention at that point. And then um, when I got back to Glasgow, I found out there, there was a team in my local city. So um, one of my friends played for the team. So I ended up joining up and um, really enjoyed it. So I kept playing. Hey, very nice. And what about yourself, Michael? How did you come across Aussie rules? Uh, so, yeah, so I played soccer all my life uh, for years and years and years. And once I realised that that wasn't going to sort of pay the bills and stuff, I just played any sport, basically. And uh, a good friend of mine is married to an Australian guy. So when I ended up living in Glasgow, he was he would hound me for years and sort of say, oh, you're, you've always been good at sport. Come and play this. So come and play. We train this when we train and uh, come and play. But uh, as a soccer player... Uh, I mean, I don't know how they get the reputation of being soft, but I definitely did not want to play Aussie Rules, having seen it on the telly. Uh, but in the end, I relented uh, a few a few beers and agreeing to go to training uh, and one session, and that was it. I mean, as soon as I got that, started getting the ball in hand, and uh, I was away, and I just did never looked back from there. So that was about eight years ago. So uh, it's kind of given me an extended life of playing sport. Yeah, uh, very nice. It's always. It's always good to hear when people have found the better football and, and whether it's later in life, they've st- they still managed to find it, which is great. Um, but so how long have you both played for now and, and what positions do you play? Um, I'm probably about the same as Michael. I've been playing since about 2012, so eight years. Um, and the tend is to play 
anywhere really, but mostly midfields. Um, and to do a lot of the running through the midfield, so that's where, where I'm happiest. But I think as I'm getting a bit older, I tend to move a bit further forward up the fields, sort of less running, but um, anywhere but defence, um, I'm quite happy. Yeah, so, so as Kirst says, uh, 2012 was when I kind of picked up 2012, 2013. Uh, I've been, from the moment I played, uh, I've been a small forward, so uh, just getting in and around the full forward and dropping back into the mids as well to help. Uh, uh, a bit like Kirsty, uh, similar to when I played soccer, I'm not a fan of defending really and was never really that good at it, uh, but I always knew where the sticks were, so that was good. Yeah, no one wants to defend, do they, Rifty? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, it ain't going to be me, that's for sure. <laughs> um, what numbers do you guys wear? Um, my preferred number is number six. That's my favourite number. I, I wear that in Shinty as well, but sometimes I end up with 19. Or even when I, when I played in um, GB Swans at the International Cup a couple of years ago, I ended up with, with 81 because <laughs> the two numbers were, my two favourite numbers were gone, so I just went for, for 81 as my birthday year. So... <laughs> Yeah, so it's quite similar, Kirst, actually. Nine's always been my number went since I was a kid playing playing sport. I mean, obviously in soccer, you're one to 11. So as a centre forward, you were always nine. Uh, so I stuck with nine. Uh, and similar, when I took the game up, we all had training jerseys and nine was already gone in the team that we had. So I ended up with kind of 81 or 72. Yeah. Anything that makes up nine. Uh, but game day, uh, that nine shirt gets left alone because everyone knows it's nine. <laughs> Yeah, nice, I like it. Um, so who do you guys follow in the AFL? Um, I don't actually have a, a team in the, the men's league. I kind of follow a couple. Um, quite like St Kilda sometimes go for them or been to a couple of Essendon games when I've been in Australia, so to look out for them as well. But um, in the women's, I go for GWS Giants. It's obviously with the connection with, with our team. And uh, we had one of their players come over uh, to take a coaching session with us a couple of years ago. So... Yeah, I always look out for them now. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the demons for me, and the reason being, uh, the the guy I talked about who got me into the game, he's a huge demons fan, and obviously we've we've been best friends for for a long time, as long as I've known him. So uh, it was just a natural thing to pick up, and uh, I think what I didn't know, kind of picking that up was obviously a great tradition and things like that but their kind of recent history probably equates more to the Scottish sporting history as well uh, so there's a real sort of sense of heartbreak and disappointment so I kind of really related to them really well so uh, pick them up. Uh, you mentioned with the, uh, the recent Scottish sporting thing. Not that recent. Um, you've, you've qualified for your first, was it the first, the Euros? What you've qualified for? Yeah. First time in God knows how long. What was that like when that happened the other day? <laughs> so, Kirst, sorry, I'll, I'll jump across you here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> someone, so, so I don't want to take this too too far down the soccer route, but as, as someone who literally goes to every... I haven't missed a home game in about 20 years. Uh, we go to the far-flung reaches of Europe and beyond sometimes to see them either disappointingly draw or lose <laughs> for that fleeting moment of... Like when I was in 1998, I was 17 when we last qualified for a tournament. And I remember watching it leaving school uh, and thinking, oh, it's fine. Well, two years time, we'll be in another one. You know, I didn't think it'd be 22 years. But yeah, the scenes were amazing. Like social media was a buzz. Obviously, we can, nobody can get together. So uh, just now, so social media was a buzz. My wife had sort of uh, candidly filmed me reacting to the final penalty in the shootout, which was uh, interesting, which then made all these super cuts in the news and things of of people going nuts around their home i was on my knees i couldn't believe it. i was down on the floor so uh, yeah it just it just gives everyone a lift i think i think there was a an interview that went viral with one of the players and he, he genuinely was crying and i think there is that sort of emotion that, that that sport can do something like that for a place you know and and bring everyone together and at a time when it's not just sporting misery we're all going through you know this year especially uh, but just that lift was just amazing. I curse you'd probably agree. Yeah, um, I didn't have quite a, um, <laughs> a good celebration as you, Michael, but, but it's been amazing. Um, I remember the last time we were in a tournament in 1998. Um, well, the men's, and anyway, the women's have qualified um, in the last couple of years, but uh, the men's team, it's been a long time. So, something yeah, no, this year, hopefully. Yeah, no, I was on, uh, it was on, you know, on social media and being an Arsenal fan. So, obviously, uh, a couple of Arsenal players 
the Scottish outfit and I was you know, happy mm. for you. And I do understand what you mean about you know, the passion sport can bring out. And, you know, when mm. Australia won the Asian Cup in 2015, I was at a pub down the road in the full house and was hugging strangers when we scored the goal <laughs> to win it. And you look back on it now and you go, you wouldn't even think about doing that in this day and age with everything going on. So, but now hopefully they are, that they can do well in the Euros and get out the groups and you know, bring yeah. home, you know, try and bring home some success in such a you know, tough tournament and do a, do a grease done, you know, a few, a few yeah. tournaments ago and just fluked it. So anyway, Rifty, you can jump back in now, mate. We're back to footy chat. <laughs> Add up. I was just thinking it's probably like me when uh, Jack Dunes kicked that goal after the siren for St Kilda, and we just happened to be on um, on a Zoom call uh, at the time watching the game, and all the boys saw my reaction. I almost threw my microphone. I was uh, pretty bloody happy when he kicked that goal, and he was the last bloke I wanted kicking for goal at that stage. But now he's a hero, so it's all good. <laughs> um, but who? All right, so. Who's your favourite player then of uh, all time? So I know you've uh, don't really have a team you follow, Kirsty, but uh, do you have a favourite player you like to follow? Um, probably one of my favourite players in the women's game is Cora Staunton at GWS Giant. Um, I just think she's incredible. She's you know a bit older than some of the, the younger players that are coming through, but she just puts in the effort continually and she's just really inspiring, I feel, to some of the younger players maybe, and um, you know, maybe players over here in Europe, because obviously she's from Ireland. So, um, so yeah, she kind of stands out for me um, as being one of the, the players I look out for um, in the women's game. Uh, and obviously just to give um, Lauren Spark a name drop as well at um, Western Bulldogs. She was our um, assistant coach at um, GB Swans when we were over in 2017 for the International Cup. So I was look out for Sparky as well at the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, nice. It's uh, it's good that the women have had some uh, the, the European teams and stuff have had some women make it over to the AFL uh, W and had some success. Um, and I, I know there was a few more that uh, made it over in the draft this year. Um, but what about you, Michael? Have you got a favourite player of all time? Yeah, I think I, I think you always for me. I always think of like when I got into the game, what did I look at kind of thing. And, and around that sort of time, 2012, 2013, Stevie J for me, I thought was like, was just amazing. And as a small guy playing in the game where just, you know, you know, those moments like after when, when a goal has been scored and the, the kind of forwards all get together and you just see the size of the guy and you're like, how, how are you so good? You know what I mean? And so it made me kind of watch him constantly. And obviously he then kind of packed it in. I think more recently, uh, just I, I just think Dusty's just ridiculous. I think for someone to have the ability to come up so big in the biggest of times, uh, I think just sets sets you apart. It's, it, go, it makes good great. Do you know what I mean? I think like that's that's the biggest thing for me is those clutch moments. But yeah, but Stevie J when I got into the game, I just I was like this guy's tiny. You know, there's probably been smaller players as well. But uh, I think as someone who was small and we had a giant full forward when I first took up the game as well. It kind of showed the way almost. Yeah, he was a freakish player, Stevie J. And um, some of the stories you hear about him on the field where he's uh, telling his opponent that they've got the best seat in the house and they go, what for? He goes, for the Stevie J show. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he was, he was a great character of the game, that's for sure. And Dusty, he's, he's frustratingly good. Um, it's uh, when you're when you barrack for a team that has to play Richmond twice every year and yeah. uh, get tore up by Dusty. It's it's frustrating how good he, he is at those big moments, like you said. Uh, but let's get into more about the Giants and when and, and you know you choose who who answers this question and probably for the men, Michael. But when was the the actual club founded and and why did they choose the Giants? Uh, yeah, so Kirst, I'll, I'll I'll start off if you want. You can pick up the kind of women's story as well. So, so as as we talked about getting into the game in 2012, we we played. There was a team in Glasgow already, uh, the Sharks. So we we were a part of that, and and it just grew and grew and grew. And the numbers were huge. 
and there was a few of us, and there was there was quite a few people who thought, you know, see, just this being able having to play one game a week or, or whenever we had to play, you know, there's only we play nine aside over here, so there's only so many spaces in the squad, you know, and uh, eventually it just sort of led to a natural kind of break where in 2015, I think it was 2014-15, the kind of winter of 2014 into 2015, we. Uh, kind of broke away and there was a few people started up a new club so uh, the Giants Kirsten might be able to tell you I'm not sure exactly where the Giants came from in my head it's just because it's alliterative and we thought right that's good uh, we'll pick up uh, with them because uh, it goes well uh, kind of Glasgow Giants so uh, we kind of picked up with the club themselves and, and sent some emails over to them I think someone had a contact maybe I think that's maybe where it came from yeah, so. and uh, they sent us a load of gear uh, so got us started with kind of uh, strips and and sort of shorts and all these all this sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, we kind of picked up from there, and it was just a natural break off. And uh, it's been proved that Glasgow could support those two teams. So we've had a great rivalry uh, since then as well. Yeah, and just similar from a women's point of view, there was a group of us at the previous team who felt that we wanted to to move across to the new team um, again, just to have that. Two teams in Glasgow give us the opportunity to play competitively against each other, but the, the women's side, kind of side of things has taken a bit more time to develop than the men's. So we, we're we don't have a proper league at the moment. Where we've started a kind of um, carnival format. We've now got um, four clubs um, with women uh, training, and we have a four-team carnival format. Um, and there's another club who are starting a women's team as well. So, so we're at a stage where we're now starting to, to really build on our, our women's team and um, recruit new players, which is really exciting. Um, so we're looking to, to have a, a full Giants team in the, the Carnival League next year. It's been quite frustrating this year because we were, we're supposed to really kick on this year, but obviously with all the restrictions with COVID, we've not been able to play um, since March. So, so we've lost quite a lot of time, but we've still been building the momentum with um, recruiting off fields and um, and um, building the team for next year. Yeah, well, hopefully you guys, you know, the girl, ladies' competition gets up and going next year because we spoke to uh, yeah, West Lothian when we first started doing this. That was the first club we spoke to, and they were uh, very big on the women's side of thing, and we're trying to get the game. You know, they've just got a women's team going as well. So hopefully you know, with COVID sort of you know, gets passed or whatnot next year and the women can start having competitive matches. Um who was the club's first game against in the men's side and how did they go? And did the women have played have had a chance to play a game? How did they go? I don't know what the men's first game was. Um... Uh, I, I remember. So it was it was a weird one because we, we play a kind of season opening tournament every like a big one day tournament every uh, week. You couldn't script this any better, actually. But uh, we our first game was against the Glasgow Sharks. So uh, we had them in our group uh, on the first game was through in Edinburgh. Uh, and it was just, I mean, it's just a 10 minute each half sort of game, but it was it was the first time we'd had the chance to kind of represent as a team. So, uh, yeah, that was our first game. So, start as you mean to go on, I guess. We kind of have battled for the, the city ever since, I guess. Yeah, it's always good to have that uh, yeah. that rivalry going. And, you know, we've got a couple of clubs close to us that we have good rivalries going with. And, um, yeah. Being that you've sort of split out of one, uh, I'm sure it gets uh, you have some good competitive matches on the field, and then sort of enjoy a, a few beers together afterwards. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned sort of trying to get the women's team and stuff up and going. The men's team's going all right, but how 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 do you guys go about recruiting players for the teams? Um, it's a mix of, of various things. Um, we use social media quite a lot to try and. Um, advertise the club to Australians that might be in the city. Uh, we do have quite a few Aussies in our, our club, which is good um, because it obviously brings experience from, from over in Australia and helps the rest of us to pick things up. Um, so we've got quite a few Aussies. Um, and also just through word of mouth, um, and family, encouraging people to calm down. Um, and we have done a, maybe you'll be able to talk a bit more about this, but we've done a link up in the last uh, year with a, a local Gaelic football team um, which is more, more beneficial for the men's side of things at the moment because they don't have a women's team, but um, the men have done pretty well through that. So I think that's maybe something we'll, we'll look to try and build on more uh, in the future. 
Yeah, these these guys kind of just want to play as much sport as possible, you know. And you can capitalising on that is the the best thing to do. I mean, if they don't have a game, a Gaelic game, then they'll, they'll play Aussie rules and, and kind of vice versa. So, uh, yeah, as Kirst says, I think we've done we've done all right recently in terms of some of the local unis as well. Uh, is getting into them. I mean, again. You go to uni, you can play any sport you want almost, you know, and, and we got into there with a couple of the sort of learner sports sessions that they were doing. So uh, went along and got a few, uh, quite a few women out of that one as well, which was, was really good uh, that came along to training as well. But yeah, we train in quite a public place. So we, we have had people just kind of walk past and sort of stop and be like, what's going on here? Uh, sort of thing as well. So, you know, just any opportunity you can get, even if it's all of us in our gear after a, a game or something like that in the pub and someone asks you a question, you know, you want to try and try and get them. It is that way in Scotland where sort of any new person is a bonus in all the clubs, I'd imagine. Yeah, and we're sponsored by a pub in, in Glasgow City Centre. So we go, we go back there after every game and they support us with, with putting, um, you know, flyers and things up as well. So that, that's another avenue we have to try and um, get new people involved. It, it's always handy when you've got a place where you can put stuff up and we've learned with a lot of clubs they do train in very open public areas so whereabouts do you guys train and play and um, we, we train down at a cart called uh, glasgow green which is right in the the middle of Glasgow state center pretty much um so it's a huge big green area um a lot of people who live in the city centre and university students um, use that. Um, so it's, it's a good visible location um, for us. And then we, tr we train at a, a rugby pitch, which is run by the council um, on the south side of the city. So we don't, we don't have a, a home like base, if you like, like a, a proper clubhouse or anything, but we, we use the public facilities and then see um, our sponsor for, for after match um, events and so forth. Yeah, that, that seems to be the way of a lot of Places around the world, they'll clubs around the world, they'll play in just sort of an open area, and then always make sure they've got a, a pub or a bar to go back to afterwards. So you mentioned that you, know, you go back there because they're your sponsor bar. How hard is it to get sponsors for the club? Yeah, it's it's it is tricky. I mean, I think we, we the, the the club was started in that bar. I think that that's so that was kind of the the easiest way. You know, that it was kind of the group of us always went there anyway. It was a new pub that had opened, and uh, we all kind of went there anyway. And uh, we, I when it first opened, I was actually I, I was getting to DJ in the pub and stuff. So we had that like relationship and things like that. So. Uh, it was really good, a really easy conversation to have. And they've been great ever since, you know, kind of keeping that relationship going. Uh, but in general, yeah, I think anything else you kind of look towards, we've kind of financed ourselves uh, through that. So like buying new kit or any of the gear that we, we wear, uh, we're not sponsored by them. We just kind of pay to, to kind of have that. But yeah, it's not the easiest because it's, as you say, it's over here, it's definitely not the, the mainstream uh, but it's getting more and more popular and, you know, you, you, you use the links through the club to try and say, oh, there's a guy who got a business who wants to kind of put a bit of money into the club or get a bit of advertising out of it on through the pub and things like that as well. So, uh, yeah, we certainly try with that. Yeah, it's always, it's always handy and it's been the common story that a few blokes meeting in a bar and, and get, get, that's how you get your club started. But, um, so how much success have you guys had in the Saffle League? So, yeah, so 2017, uh, we uh, were premiers in 2017. So that was, we actually made the grand final our first three years. Uh, so 15, 16 and 17 uh, and lost on the first two occasions, but then sort of made it third time lucky uh, in 2017 and an unbelievable game to be fair there was the conditions were unbelievable and the, the game just was wild but yeah so that that was our, that's our kind of lone success since then we've not made it back to the grand final correct me if i'm wrong curse but i don't think we've made it back since then in 18 or 19 so uh, but yeah 2017 was a good year yeah, it's... yeah and obviously the women's team hasn't made it to a grand final yet but hopefully we will uh, once uh, the women's league kind of gets um established and um, that's one of the goals for the next couple of years is to have like the women's league established and we'll have like a proper grand final as well to, to coincide with the men's. Yeah, well, hopefully it all goes ahead. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, it'd be 
be good to take out that first premiership uh, as the as the women's league gets started. That'd be a good one to have on the the shelf at the back there. The trophy um, yep. for the the first ever <laughs> the first ever <laughs> Sarful women's um, trophy. But what about, so you mentioned just going to the pub and having a good, uh, the good relationship there and having good times, but do you do any other sort of uh, formal social functions as a club? You want to go for it? Oh, yeah, you go. You, you're probably more versed in this than me. Yeah, yeah I mean, we have, um, so, so our, our sponsors is um, Malone's uh, Bar in, in, in Glasgow and they've got, um, you know, a, good, a great space up, upstairs in the bar that we can use for for social events so that's one of the other um advantages of having them as, as our partner if you like so um so we try to have at least four social events there each year um quiz nights um you know um, player of the year events that kind of thing um to, to kind of bring everybody together so um we've been we're quite active on that front we're a very social club so um like to try and yeah, get we've done. We can. Yeah, we've done things like race nights and you get sort of raffle nights in and things like that. Just anything that can kind of sort of pull people from if they're just casually in the pub. You know, the area that we have up the stairs is not always kind of fenced off or anything or shut off to everyone. So it kind of draws people in if we're uh, sitting doing kind of drinking games or beer pong or something like that in, in the in the place if we're having a, a night of it, you know. And, and as Kirsty says, obviously the end of the year uh, with all the awards and a bit of fun and uh, and things like that is always a big one as well. And we always do a Christmas jumper event every year. Um, we go down to the Christmas markets in our Christmas jumpers. I think this is the first year we'll not be doing that. Uh, we saw the restrictions, but uh, we want you to have a virtual event instead. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that you're sort of back down in, in some restrictions at the moment, but um, it's been great to see throughout all the restrictions and different things, uh, the different uh, ways clubs have still um, you know, stayed involved with their communities and, and done challenges and all that sort of stuff. So you might have to get a an ugly Christmas sweater challenge going on uh, over Zoom or something. Yeah. Um, but do you guys go on any season end of season footy trips at all? Um, we haven't done so far, although that there was kind of had been some initial discussions with um, a team in Denmark um, as a possibility for for maybe this year or the year after, right at the start of this year. But obviously, um, that's all gone on hold. Um, I think it's something that it would be good to look at. I know other clubs, especially down in England, do that quite a lot, and. Um, seems to work pretty well for them yeah i think i think the, the the struggle we've always had and we've always had there's always been kind of grand talk and things like that is that when it comes down to a lot of people with their work or, or personal life have just not been able to to kind of get away and get enough of us to to do it and and kind of go for it uh, we've played kind of touring teams before and things like that and uh, as you mentioned earlier, with Tyne Tees being in the league, that's almost like our trip away now, uh, getting down to Newcastle. Some people take the opportunity to stay the night there and go out, you know, when we play them. So uh, so that's a good, been a really good addition. Yeah, yeah nice. put on like a, an end of season tournament. So again, that's another opportunity for a weekend away that's not too far. So, um, but obviously that's, that's not happening this year again. Yeah, well, well being that you brought up Tyne Tees again, we're, we did speak to uh, Colm from Tyne Tees, the Ruckman, and he, he said he's the number one Ruckman in the league. Um, so can you can can you confirm or deny that that claim that uh, in the men's team that he's just winning all the taps in the Ruck there? I, I probably I probably couldn't confirm or deny. I'm trying to remember Colm now, just see if it comes to mind. You know, and, and that's probably not a good sign for him. That I don't I don't remember. <laughs> so. Uh, but no, I think Ruck's a really interesting position in Scotland, uh, I think, because it's, it's probably, if you take any aspect of the sport, it's probably the most out there aspect in relation to guys of sport that you would play in, in kind of 
Scotland, you know, it's so like not many people play basketball, for example, that maybe has the tip element to it and uh, and that kind of physical collision at the start of a game. So uh, we had a great ruckman for years, Mark, uh, Mark Townsend. So and he's a Aussie guy, he's like six foot four, six foot five, uh, brilliant, brilliant ruckman. Would win almost every tap, as you say. Uh, but time teaser, yeah, they do have a decent ruckman. I think I'll give them, I'll give them some props. They they win a, a bit of ball out the middle. Uh, but if you can read them, you can win it. So it's not really a huge issue. No, that's okay. all right. I've obviously not watched enough men's games in the last couple of years. <laughs> now, when 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 he made the claim, we said, "Well, we are speaking to Glasgow next, so we we'll we'll be able to confirm this <laughs> if it's true." And, and don't feel too bad about not you know remembering what someone looks like. We've been playing against the same players for ten years, and I could not tell you their names. Like. Yeah. We, we we live off things like people are like, oh, this guy's a good football player. You fight against him, I'm like, I don't, don't know who he is. I don't pay that much attention to the opposition team. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll have that. We'll have that element, I think, where, like, if anyone say, if any, if you say to anyone after this, oh, we had Michael Douglas from the Giants on, nobody, people in the Giants don't know my name's Michael Douglas. <laughs> uh, you, you get a nickname when you play Aussie Rules, and your nickname's your nickname. Uh, that's how everyone knows you. So. Yeah. And, and your <laughs> So, and your nickname, nickname has to be Gecko, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's Gecko. exactly right. Yeah. Uh, first, first, uh, first training session. Two, two of the more experienced Aussie guys weren't actually training. Uh, it was it was a pouring rain. They were stood under a tree, staying dry, uh, saying, "This guy running about." Michael Douglas's name is, you know. So they they basically went through a list of films uh, and kind of found something, and then Gecko came out of it. And eight years on, it's it's kind of stuck. Ge- Gecko or Gex. Oh, I like gecko, I thought it was just because you're marking everything. You just had those <laughs> sticky gecko gecko mitts. Maybe I lived up to the name, hopefully. <laughs> but before we get into throwing the, under the bus, Rifty, which that leads to, so you happen to be on uh, BT Sport back in September. Yep. That To me, that seems like a very big deal, like to be on a national broadcast channel. What brought that on and what was it for? So, so this year, for the first time, I, don't, I guess because of lockdown and things like that, I don't know if BT Sport had planned to do this the whole time, but they, they, BT Sport have been great in terms of covering the sport over here. Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they generally show four to five games uh, across the weekend. Uh, and obviously, your Friday night footy, they started using a guy, uh, some, an Aussie who's in London, who, who obviously does, presents podcasts and things. I think he's a big Arsenal fan, actually, similar to yourself there. So where it was UK-based coverage of the game, which I think I think makes a huge difference rather than just chucking the sport on the telly. You know, you've got someone to give a bit of context around it. So I do a lot of our social media work through through Twitter and, and, and stuff, and Kirsty kind of looks after the Instagram. But I found him on Twitter, and we started kind of engaging with, with him on a Friday morning. And obviously, you're working from home. Where I'm sitting just now, I've got a TV, and my, my office desk, and, my, and a TV, so I can work and watch the games. So there was a real engagement there on, on social media. And one of their producers then got in touch and said, we're looking for people in the UK to kind of send us videos and what teams they are and who they look out for and things like that. So uh, I filmed one and they said, oh, if the Giants, if we cover the Giants on a day, we do the show, the Aussie Rules show, uh, then we'll bang it on, you know. So, uh, yeah, it ended up being shown and we, we kind of reposted it and stuff to our social media. Definitely the biggest thing we've done i mean we had a two and a half thousand three thousand views of the of the video itself so uh, it was really good really good for the game as well and i see i've seen a few other clubs down south uh, have kind of done it as well that sounds awesome but to be able to get some of that exposure for the club uh, is good yeah, timing it's awesome. and it's it's great that um yeah again with all the the things that have gone on this year the the little things that you sort of don't don't even realize have made a big difference where, you know, just having a different type of coverage over there for you guys and, and having, you know, some more local input to it and not just having bloody James Brayshaw and Brian Taylor talking yeah. shit on the coverage. It's probably helped. Yeah. Yeah. Help. It's actually really good that you can say to people that the games are on BT Sport um, give it a watch um, so they can kind of find out a bit about the game as well. Um, yeah, the women's 
made it onto BT yet, but we've obviously got the two FL as well, which is good. Now, hopefully, they'll get they'll get some coverage for the women's games as well. Now that the yeah, it's getting a fair bit more coverage over here with uh, and. Yeah, they've made some changes to the women's league this year, which uh, hopefully will improve that as well. So, um, yeah, well, all right. Now it's time for our favourite part. We need you to throw some teammates under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what do you got first, Ed Dog? All right, let's, let's start with the nickname. So who's got the best nickname at the club? Gecko's a pretty good one. Yeah, I don't want to sort of butter... I don't want to barack for myself, but it's not, it's pretty good. I mean, it, Daz and Les did pretty well on the nickname front. You know, I'm trying to think of, of anyone else. And uh, you got kind of guys like mostly it's just like a shortened second name, or it's like uh, we've got, a, we've got a guy, Stephen O'Kelly, and we just smash his name together and call him Socky. Uh, so, uh, which, uh, which, uh, which is quite clever in itself because it makes people think why, like what's the relation to socks or something like that, but it's nothing to do with that. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Curse, is there any in the women's that, that are any good? Um, oh, we don't have too many nicknames at the moment. Um, apart from myself, um, my nickname is Bess, which I've had since I was nineteen. I got given it by friends on holiday, and it's kind of stuck. Um, so, so some people will call me that because they've known me for a long time, but um, other people don't. So they, they get very confused <laughs> when they start a training session. And some people are calling me Bessie, and some people aren't. But actually, there is um there is one of the girls who has a better nickname than me, and it's um um our Laura Park is um called Speedo. And the story behind Speedo is that she was traveling down to um a GB Swans training session down in England, and um she realized halfway down she'd forgotten her shorts, so she had no shorts to wear to training. So um they had to stop at the first available shop on the way down. It just happened that the only shorts available were swimming shorts. So she bought a pair of uh, Speedo swimming shorts for um, the training session and ever since then she has been called Speedo to such an extent that um, I can't actually call her Laura. I have to call her Speedo because Laura is completely wrong. So I think she wins the prize for that one. We spoke to a couple of girls from the GB Swans, so I think that's the second time Speedo's come up and she's she's a... that's, that's. the first time we've had a double a double yeah. nominee for getting thrown under the bus, yeah. which is yeah. But we have we have. We're, I'm just going to jump off the bus for a second, Rifty. We completely know you just bypass this. So, Kirsty, you mentioned you played the GB Swans and you've travelled down mm-hmm. to Australia. How many times have you played for the Swans, and, and what was that experience like to come down and play to represent the GB Swans? Oh, it's been fantastic. Um, so I've probably played for the Swans at. Um, Oh, about four or five tournaments, I think, all in. Um, it all started back um, with the, the Champions League competition that is run by AFL Europe in Amsterdam. Um, one of the girls down in England decided that she wanted to get a, a GB Swans team together. So she'd, she'd reached out to all um, parts of the country um, to ask if anybody was up for going over to Amsterdam to play uh, for the GB Swans. So, of course, I signed up for that. And uh, that was um, our first game, and we won the tournament. So, so from then, um, it just kind of built momentum from there and um, played in a couple of tournaments down in London. Um, there's a European Championships, which is 18 aside that AFL Europe puts on. So we, we played um, against Ireland in that. And then the year after, travelled to, to Australia for the International Cup in 2017, which was just a, an amazing experience and something I'm really glad I got the opportunity to do. Um, but I'm getting probably getting a bit too old now to play for GB Swansea. There's a lot of young, fast and fit girls coming through. So so I'm kind of gracefully leaving the GB scene. But um, it's, it's definitely been a fantastic experience to be involved. Yeah, sounds great. So are you going to stay involved with the the, the GB Swans at a you know mentoring level or anything like that? Um, probably not. Probably more focused now on Scotland. Um, for, for our, our nine aside team um developing developing that for the Euro Cup um which is hopefully going to be held in Scotland uh, next year. So um so that's the main focus for me at the moment because there's a lot of travelling. A lot of the GB events are, are down south in London and Birmingham. So um so for us coming up from Scotland it's a lot of travelling. So um so I'm still still involved in the, the fringes in a in a social sense but um kind of gonna be focusing more on Scotland and, and on the Giants now. Yeah nice. All right. 
Right, it's time to throw some more people under right. the bus now. I'll, 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 right. ju- I'll jump back on the bus and start driving. Um, oh, so where are we? Uh, who's the class clown of the club? Oh, the men's and the women's side, one of each. Uh, I think, I don't know, I think in the men's, there's there's a couple of kind of candidates just now. They're both kind of rugby players as well, I think. Kind of, I think personally of of kind of Matt Lambert and Scotty Cochran just now, uh, two two big boys, one Aussie, one Scottish. And uh, I don't know, they're just, there's always, they're always up to something, you know, there's always something coming. Uh, they're, they're those guys that are, they'll be laughing as, as our coaches try to give instructions, you know, and uh, you know, they're going to get chewed out in a second if they don't sort of zip it and things like that. So uh, yeah, those two are, are usually up to something. Yeah, and for the women's, I'm going to have to nominate Speedo again because uh, she's the one that makes us all laugh. And um, she has a habit of um, doing funny things unintentionally, like um, slipping and falling straight into a punch bag and things like that. So, um, um, yeah, she's, she's definitely the client for the women's team. Yeah, nice. I like it. Um, do you want to go riffy? You can ask the next one, Mike. All right. So, who's the biggest party animal? Oh, party animal. Uh, probably, oh, I'm trying to think now, Kirsten, you, you can help me here. Uh, you, I'm not usually far away of being the last one standing myself. If I if I stay, uh, I either call it a day really early or I'm, I'm not going home. Uh, sort of thing. But I think uh, some of these, some of the rugby boys do put you to shame a little bit. Uh, uh, James Rieke's probably a, a good one in terms of that. He's usually one of the last uh, Doogie Smith and Mark Mason, I would say, two of our gun midfielders, they're probably uh, probably pretty good on that score as well. I would say there's all they're, they're kind of planning the party during the the kind of fourth quarter, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. on the women's, I'm probably one of the, the last people standing in the in the bar normally as well. But um, probably the nomination would go to um, one of our newer players, Emer, who is um, an Irish lass and lives up to it with her um, endurance on the on the dance floor uh, and in the bar so she would definitely get my nomination um she's as uh, good at sinking a pint of guinness as she is at running a marathon nice no <laughs> um so it's always good to have a, some irish around to keep the party lively um all right but who's who's a person that takes the game far too serious Uh, I'm gonna. I mean, it's, it's it's called under the bus, you know. What I mean, so our our coach leader Ross Thompson, player, uh, he's been playing the game forever. Uh, literally, uh, I mean, he he has been playing it forever. The guy's uh, just ageless, and he he loves the game. And I love the the sort of seriousness and how he takes it. Uh, but I mean, he, it's it's got to be him. There's no there's no giving him at all. Uh, it takes. I mean, you're you're past midnight before he relaxes a little bit, you know, and uh, gets a few down him, you know. So he's still thinking about the game. He's still thinking about the next game or something like that, you know. Uh, but the, the passion's unbelievable. Uh, but definitely Ross, definitely. I think Ross wins it for the whole club. Between <laughs> 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 the women, none of us really take it as seriously as as Ross. We're all we're all very into the game, but we like to have the fun side of it. So. That's so, great though. You can't you can't be that. You can't be a leader like that. You know what I mean. But uh, you do. You need to have those those kind of moments of uh, forget about that. You know what I mean. It went wrong. So what? <laughs> yeah, he's taking it serious for the rest of the club. That's all right. Um, yeah, exactly. And he's the coach, so you can forgive him a little bit. Yeah. Um. All right. But who who's the person you wouldn't want to have to share a room with on a trip away? Uh, so for me, uh, I guess, I guess probably Marty Lambert again. I think like I don't think you'd get much sleep. I think he'd be bothering you. It'd be like even if even if it was like the night before the games, I reckon he'd probably be nudging you, asking you questions about universal existence or something like that. You know, I think like you'd be getting some random 
like annoyance, you know, I'm trying to sleep before a big tournament or something like that. Uh, and then the night after the game, you'd just be loud and uh, annoying. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm sure Marty would be right up there. Well, I guess on the women's side of things, we all get on really well. So I don't think there's there's anybody I wouldn't want to share a room with. Although um, Amy Gillis, who's um, one of our coaches, um, she's very, very tidy and very clean. So I think um, she would probably not want to stay with me more than <laughs> me not be able to stay with her. But I would be nervous sharing a room with her because I wouldn't be tidy enough. Yeah, that's all right. You'd be able to, she'd be able to clean up after you. That's uh, exactly. you, you, the, the yin to the yang. You, uh, but thanks Eves, for joining us we do appreciate you taking the time on your Saturday morning um, we'll let you head off and enjoy it well not that you get you can do much at the moment but enjoy the rest of your, your day um, and we'll make sure that everyone goes along and gives the Giants a follow on social media so if you want to shout out your handles for all those social medias and we'll make sure everyone sh checks them out Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so Twitter, we are at uh, GG Giants AFL. So Greater Glasgow Giants AFL. Uh, let me just yeah, Insta. Facebook, just search uh, Greater Glasgow Giants. And then Insta is pretty much the same. Uh, if you search Greater Glasgow Giants, you'll you'll find us there basically so uh, the, the handles have little underscores and stuff at times so uh, but just do a search and you'll find us there and uh, we've been trying to keep some sort of content going and stuff obviously through through no, not playing footy and now as we go through winter as well so yeah find us there yeah awesome yeah, we've sure got a website as well actually um, it's glasgowgiants.scot um, it's um, reasonably up to date or not as up to date as the social media channels though. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, share links to all those and get everyone to follow along with the Giants as you uh, try and you know get this women's league up and running and and hopefully you get some more success with the men's team next year. Um, best of luck with everything and thanks again for joining us. Cool. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.